0: I need to see better coaching. I need to see more, less loafing. There's a lot of loafs last week, a lot of just laziness. And and, and I kind of said it on, on Twitter. It felt more like a live scrimmage versus a, a game. And FSG played with fire and they got burnt. Hey, guys, it's Terrence Nann. You're listening to Hear the Spear, presented by No Game Day. Go dogs. Hey, what's up? This is Peter Ward, a.k.a. He And how we're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go live, go nose.
1: Hi, this is Charlie Ward and you're listening to Hear the Spear, Go Nose.
0: This is Terrell Buckley. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. No Bloody.
1: But perhaps better known as the greatest corner to ever step on a football field. Dion Prime Time Sanders.
0: Great Dion Sanders, my brother. What's going on, man? I, I could wake up to that greeting every day, man. That was awesome. Hello, Nose fans.
2: This is former Seminole Derek Brooks, and you're listening to Hear the Spear, presented to
1: you by No Game Day. James Wilder Jr. What's going on, James? Thanks for having me on. FSOD, Florida Player, Die, and Go Nose. William Barnum Floyd. Gentlemen, what's up?
3: What is happening, guys? This is Logan Robinson from Here the Spear presented to you by Noel Game Day. We are here on this fantastic Wednesday evening. A little bittersweet, I will say. But we've had enough sleep now. We maybe have not forgotten what happened last Saturday. But we're always going to be here to cover the games, recap them, everything. The content doesn't stop over here. Definitely appreciate everybody hanging out with us this evening. With me on this show is Austin Bezier, our lead basketball writer up here with that. With me at the top, Dustin Lewis, our lead writer and editor down below, and Nate Greer, our lead recruiting insider at noelgameday.com. Gentlemen, good evening. We are now four days past the horrific event that happened in Doe Campbell Stadium. Are you still alive, everyone?
2: What happened? I don't want to talk about it.
1: Yeah, do we really to- have to give our final thoughts on, on this? <laughs> yes.
2: I, th- I don't think it should be necessary, honestly. I feel like well, the last... I feel like the last two minutes and 30 seconds speaks for itself. Yeah,
0: uh, you know, the the fact that Florida State was in another competitive game against a, a, an inferior opponent, an in FCS team, and then they lose on a really, really piss-poor defensive call and, and just lack of situational awareness by the players um, kind of gives you a snapshot of where, where this program really is at. And, it, it, it's it's sad, but we're moving forward to Wake Forest now. Wake Forest now becomes, in my opinion, one of the most important games in recent Florida State history to prevent them to start zero three.
1: Yeah, we've yes. seen you know the best that this Florida State team can play against Notre Dame, and now we've seen, I would say, the very worst that they can play this past Saturday. So, which Florida St- which Florida State team is going to show up against Wake Forest? You know, we're going to find out
3: yep we'll be giving our last thoughts on jacksonville state we'll be moving on from that we'll talk a little bit of depth chart changes dante lucas has entered is planning on entering the transfer portal uh, we're going to talk a little nfl Knowles. austin's got some basketball updates along with the acc schedule release which happens tomorrow at 7 p.m we previewing a little bit of the opponents there and then we'll go in and preview florida state versus wake force and jump into that so nothing too crazy jam-backed in here for you guys so we won't waste much of your time. As always, you can always listen to this show on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. If you're on YouTube, definitely hit that like button if you're there. Subscribe. Hit that bell so you are notified every time we release a new episode. And uh, yeah, gentlemen, let's get started. First off, I do think we do need to note on our big news, at least internally here at Noel Game Day, something that had been in the works for well over a month, one of the most stressful times I've ever been gone through. Uh, with school starting up, football season beginning, and us officially partnering and joining uh, the network at sportsillustrated.com. Uh, you know, this is something that is kind of oh, we've always I've always had dreams as younger joining, you know, a big network like this. And for it to be the sports illustrated is definitely a special moment for us. A lot of our guys on here put in a lot of work, a lot of things that you guys don't see maybe, you know, publicly, but a lot of work goes on in the back back into this and us to get on here, you know, a few times a week and also have articles going out social pose, find an insider scoop nuggets and take control of the discord like there's a lot that goes on the back end but we were really excited last friday to announce our partnership of joining that network there's a lot of opportunities you know destin will probably talk on a little bit but there's a lot of opportunities with retrieving now credentials that allows us to really get inside the program and give you guys so much better coverage along with advancing some of our content too, because you know we weren't able to be there at those practices. We weren't able to see with our own eyes, but now we get to go there. And then on nights like this, I get to come back from a practice and talk to you. And we get to add more content to you know the articles, videos, everything of that nature. So we're extremely excited. It was nice to go ahead and announce that on Friday and get that weight off the shoulders because that was just, it was hard to hide things too. I'm not really good at hiding things. I'm one of the worst people when it comes to Christmas presents. And that one was really tough to hide from my friends and some of my family members, but uh, I, our team here absolutely deserves this opportunity. We're gonna kill it. The guys at Sports Illustrated, we're gonna we keep our name, our content stays the same, which we love. It's only just gonna be advancing even more. Our production level is moving up some more. So, uh, if anybody else wants to speak on, it, I mean, it goes to Austin too and Nate. You know, with recruiting and basketball, we're credentialed in a lot of areas, and we can adv- We can really really like up our, our coverage in that overall in both of those areas.
0: Now for me, it's just, you know, being an independent site is tough Uh because it, it, it's, a, it's a lot of grinding. It's a lot of grunt work to, you know, compete with 24 seven and rivals and all that stuff, you know, you know, sites that are credentialed and have access that, you know, we, you know, felt that we had a right to, let's be honest, we, you know, felt we had a right to it, but there certain rules and things that prevented that. But now that we have that roadblock out of the way, you know, that gives us a chance to be even more competitive when we already were. So it's exciting that we get a chance to you know, have, have such a a large media platform behind us that will allow us to get, you know, our, our hard work out there more. Um, you know, I, I, I think Boston's the best you know, basketball guy out there for FSU. So it'd be good for him to get his stuff out there more. And, you know, Dustin is, you know, whatever, but uh, <laughs> 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 no, nah, but no, nah, it, it, it's good for us. You know, it's just a chance to continue to compete. And I think all four of us are, are super competitive and driven and to take this as far as it can go. So, you know, it, it, it's a feather in the cap, you know, especially for you that, you know, you started this a long time ago, so it's got to be, you know, especially good for you to see the fruit of the labor to come through. And, and and one final thought you know, I would say, you know, all that good stuff that's happened for you since I came along, you know, yeah. a year ago it's been so great for you, you know. <laughs> yeah, uh,
1: since you came on, everything has just been looking everything has really
0: just flourished, you know. Yeah, I mean, we've got <laughs>
1: your. We've got your initials up in the right hand corner right now. I know. But I, I mean, know. It's like <laughs> just destined it's just for to this to happen.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Meant to be. But
3: Dustin, talk about the coverage on football because you'll be, like we said, credentials are coming, but how will that affect our coverage, practice, football games, etc.?
1: Yeah, I mean, being under Sports Illustrated in general just you know increases the the credibility of, of Noel Game Day. And like you said earlier, it's just going to enhance the coverage that we'll be able to bring, you know, now being credentialed to go out to practices, you know, watch the team, give you guys nuggets on, on what we're allowed to report, attend the press conferences, and even extending to game days. We'll be, we'll be able to go up in the press box, watch a game and everything there, go watch the the pregame or the postgame press conferences and, and all that. So, you know, hopefully we're just giving you even more of a daily look at Florida state football and and what's transpiring and, you know, just increase our coverage and and our content and what we're able to bring you guys. Cause you know, the reason we're at sports illustrated is because we have such a great fan base. So just want to thank everybody that's been here since the beginning. Yeah. Coverage all around is going to help. I know
3: Austin's got basketball. They'll be coming up soon and he's going to be starting his coverage there. Um, but the reach that Sports Illustrated have, I mean, I don't think a lot of people know it. I'm going to show my nerd area here, but I mean, right now they're ranked as the number seven site in all of the world and sports media. I mean, they're ahead of some big, some of our big competitors. I mean, Sports Illustrated and their new publishers that brought us on. I mean, they're just blowing up right now. And so it's a really good time to join them. There's a lot of other sites like we had on Brian from the Irish Breakdown who are experts in their field. With these teams, it's, we're able to grab them and bring them on the shows to gra- grab better analysis and what maybe we can give on the opponents. So there's a this is a great time for us to join, and, you know, we're not going to change. We're going to stay competitive. We're still going to get after it. Nothing changes there, just as we have a lot more opportunities at hand. But uh, we definitely appreciate everybody for following us, too. I mean, it has been it has been fun. It was a crazy month, but I'm just glad it's over, and now we just get to do what we regularly do, give you guys content.
2: And, and not only bring on those kind of guests, but also bringing on, you know, members of Florida State Athletics currently. You know, that's been an issue in the yep. past where we've had to go through the media office and they won't allow us to have access. But now if we wanted to, we could hit up a coach and potentially do an interview. That's that's something that's huge for us, something that we've already, always thought we deserved. And as much as much as one coach makes fun of makes fun of us for not bringing him on the podcast already, Logan's laughing because he tried this at <laughs> Notre Dame weekend. <laughs> um, we're, we're actually able to now and uh, won't get yelled at. So we're really excited about this. You know, and as Nate touched that earlier, I, I'm, I'm feel like I'm pretty humble, but I, I feel the side of basketball coverage that no one else has on the Tallahassee beat, and we're, we're super excited for this, and super
1: excited to keep giving people great coverage. Yep. Okay, yeah. Okay. Well, Austin, you better make it even better now. <laughs> I'm everybody.
3: And Jacob, I don't know a lot of people know about Jacob, but he's he's gonna be helping Austin yeah. too with basketball coverage along with recruiting too. So it's overall, it's gonna be. Big time. But Sports Illustrated, the the, the things... I'll, I'm almost done talking, but the Sports Illustrated, they there's a lot of opportunities. They want to help us as much as possible, too, and have our back. So we're really, really excited. And I, I hate talking about ourselves, myself and, and G so much, but it's just a grateful feeling for everybody clicking on the articles and listening and views and all that kind of stuff. It just... Want to be here without you guys. So definitely appreciate it. But now it's time to get back to work. That was fun. We had our, we had like our day or 48 hours of celebrating, had the weekend, but now it's time to get back to work. So,
1: real quick yeah. though, make sure to go check out si.com slash college slash FSU. Yeah. Go check some love to the new site. Absolutely. Make sure to plug that. Yeah. Yeah. Go check out the site. Why
3: not? Uh, Let's jump into some quick hitters now, gentlemen. Let's give our last thoughts on Jacksonville State. How did we feel afterwards? Did we feel any different than the instant reaction, or do we feel the same? Do we feel like does anybody feel optimistic that there's going to be a better? Before we talk about Wake Forest later in the episode, do we feel any kind of better after that game or now? Just feel the same.
2: Can't get worse. I mean, just really just plug in the instant reaction right now, you'll you'll still have everyone's same thoughts. It was an embarrassing performance with an embarrassing finish. And there's a lot that's got to get fixed.
3: I can take that nobody else wants to speak on it. Nate, what do you feel like after the Jacksonville State game in a few days? Um,
0: nothing really different than what I what I thought in the uh, instant reaction. I mean, it's just like it—it's mind numbing that Florida State got to this point to where they lost to an FCS team. It's the ugliest loss in Florida State history. And you know, people gotta answer to that, you know. And 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 that's the coaching staff and that's the players. You know, the players gotta execute more, but you know, the coaches can't put their players in a position to fail. And and that's just uh I I, I, I need to see some some more commitment this week to the as a whole, but I mean, I need to see better coaching. I need to see more, less loafing. There's a lot of loafs last week. A lot of just laziness, and and, and I kind of said it on, on Twitter. It felt more like a live scrimmage than versus a, a game. And FSU played with fire and they got burnt.
1: Yeah, I would say just you know still really disappointed in, in everything that transpired on Saturday night. You know, in my opinion, it didn't even really feel like Florida State wanted to be out there. You know, they just didn't compete with that same fire that we saw from this team um, against Notre Dame in the opening in the opening week. And I don't know if it was just because they felt a little satisfied after a close loss or they thought they could take it easy on Jacksonville State. But I I really do think, you know, this upset loss to the Gamecocks, you, you can take it in two directions, you know, either you know, they're, it's going to be like the last couple of years where this team is just kind of quit and falling apart as the season has gone along, or they're going to respond from this loss, learn that they can lose to any team on any day and, you know, hopefully come out and fight their asses off against Wake Forest. Yeah, I'm hoping,
3: I don't know, I've talked with a lot of like coworkers and people running around and stuff, grabbing groceries and talking football and I I think a lot of the fan base is, once again, really pissed off. They felt a lot of optimism after the Notre Dame game. But the fact that we got to see the team go out and perform against Jacksonville State and kind of not feel like they wanted to be there sucked because I thought the crowd was there. I thought that, you know them, you know, this team seeing that there was fans coming for Jacksonville State for the student section selling out. That's just not going to happen again for the rest of the season unless Florida State goes on some crazy run. It's just not going to happen. That, that's not going to sell out again. You had that opportunity, building that fan base back, building that energy back inside of Doke, and now it's gone. That's what sucks. You know, leaving the stadium, hearing people say, well, I'm already second weekend to September and the season's over after I waited eight months. I bought tickets, season tickets. I was excited for the season. Now that just completely lost me. That's what sucks the most. And I understand that, you know, we're in the Discord, We hear that the same, those same cases and it just stinks. That's what sucks the most. And I don't think, you know, hearing things, what, what's going on in the locker room after the game, some guys being really hurt by it, some not being hurt by it. That's where I think this team is still very young, but there's got to be some changes. there. still some culture things that need to be fixed.
2: And it's still wild if you think about it. This team's two plays away from being two and zero if you want to think of it that way. You, you take away Travis interception and you make one tackle at the end of the Jacksonville State game, you're possibly two and zero right now. It's been a weird start to the season, but it's gone as poorly as it could have.
0: Yeah, two and zero and probably ranked in the top fifteen. If you really think about it, you know, because
2: makes, makes you're getting votes at the end of the, after the Notre Dame game.
0: Yeah. So, I mean.
2: What did you say, top fifteen?
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, Ooh, if they would have beaten Notre, if they would have beaten Notre Dame, they would. Know. If they would have beaten Notre Dame, they would have they would have popped up in the rankings very very quickly. And they,
3: yeah, but not after a win of jo- Jacksonville State. They want to be well as,
0: as many losses as as there were last week. Yeah, I mean it's been a crazy for two weeks.
3: Yeah, I don't know,
0: but, but that'd be Florida State shot themselves in the foot numerous times, and you know you go out there and just call a absolute shit call on the last way of the game. And here we are.
3: Yeah, no, it was obviously not so pretty. I mean, I don't know. I think, you know, looking into some of the practice reports and such, some guys, you know, Brownlee owned up to it and that's nice to see. And, I don't know. I still think there's some things in the locker room that needs to be worked on from what Nate is hearing, what I was hearing earlier this week. Uh, like there's just some certain things that still have to be fixed. And I'm wondering who wants to be there? You know, who wants to be there? I mean, that was the worst loss. I mean, you got Sanford, not Sanford, Jacksonville State planting the flag on the logo. What does that do to you? What What is that? Does that fire you up for the rest of the season or does that just do they even care about that? Like, that's just plain, it's disrespectful. Does Florida State deserve that? Yeah, they deserve it. I mean, they deserve the national embarrassment that they're getting. It's all over social media. I mean, it's not even, you can't even talk about Miami anymore. I mean, we knew they were going to get ran over by Alabama. Don't think Al- Miami's face, but they didn't lose to Jacksonville State. They didn't do that. I mean, it's, it's, it sucks because you have, I mean, I've, I'm dealing with it right now nonstop, all rivals DM me texting me like you idiot, you clown thinking that after Notre Dame, Florida state was going to, was going to, and then I tweeted, I, I was also the, tw- <laughs> what I tweeted a little while ago after the Notre Dame game, that Florida state's future is bright with under the coach of Mike Norvell. But how much does that go towards now people thinking is Mike Norvell at the same level as Willie Taggart was, because that has started a huge conversation across social media. I mean, that's not something we can ignore
0: No, moving on. Well, that's 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 been the discussion. I get it. I get it. You know, everyone. Florida State fans are the worst when it comes when Florida (laughs) State loses. When FSU wins, everyone is all singing "Kumbaya." Everyone gets along. Everyone loves everything. When they lose, it's just this automatic worst case scenario meltdown. Everyone sucks. Fire everyone. Kick them all off the team. Blah, cry. Gets old. You know, this isn't Willie Taggart. You know, this is a, this is a, a really a, a seven-year thing that's led to this. So this isn't a, a quick fix in, in any means. Um, you know, you don't bring in the amount of transfers that they did for, for a reason because you need older, more experienced players and different leadership. And one of those players, you're depending on loafs on the last play of the game. You know, it's that, that, a bad look. So, you know, the, 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 there's some questions on, on, on what Norvell's personnel was and allowing that last call. You know, I think those are all legitimate questions. But to sit here and say that, you know, it's, it, he's Willie Taggart, who is one of the worst hires in the history of college football. Um, it is a little bit too much of a reach for me to sit there to even have a discussion about.
1: Yeah, but I mean, you know, Mike Norvell, he is three and eight at Florida State. So, as much as people, or as much as you don't want to hear it, and you know, other people are saying it, we're kind of starting to get get to that territory where this is a little bit of, of a discussion. But at the same time, you know, I'm not out uh, on Mike Norvell's <laughs> coaching staff just yet. I, I think it's really important to to see how everyone responds. This weekend against Wake, obviously week four against Louisville is going to be huge. Mm -hmm. And you know we're going to have to see if this team can generate some type of momentum. Because like I said before, this team, they've laid down and quit in the face of adversity so many times over the last four or five years. And part of what Mike Norvell has tried to do is shift this mindset in the locker room. And I thought you saw it in the second half against Notre Dame where they fought back to tie it. But then after that, they just kind of relaxed on their laurels a little bit. So I want to see them get back after it. And, I mean, be hungry. You're, you're an 0-2 team. You just, you just uh, got the worst loss in program history. You need to go out there with some fire or else there needs to be some drastic changes made, maybe in the coaching staff and on the field as well. Shake things uh, up. Uh, I, I think
0: if FSU loses this week, there, there's going to be some hands that need to roll mandatory. Um
3: boosters will be calling for it. And,
0: and you know, um I, I you know I'm not gonna sit here and go to bash time because you know there always seems to be some Twitter mention that happens, but you know when 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 this is this isn't just all coaching man. This is a lot of it you know the coaches don't have a false start because coaches don't missed tackle, so, you know, there has to be some accountability for the players, too, so... And, and coaches are responsible for putting them in position, and, you know, uh, as we were talking about, you know, before we hopped on here, you know, Dustin, you know, we are talking about, you know, Fuller a little bit, you know, has he really been that bad? You know, and... I mean, uh, and, and you look at the whole picture, you talk about Norval 3-8 and eight at FSU, but you also have to talk about his coaching staff. Um, you know, Notre Dame was... You know, has some situations where he called good plays and, but also there's a lot of player lack of execution uh, and you really saw that on, on last Saturday because Jacksonville State and just, you know, that, that last call is just inexcusable, man. But, you know, I, I will say that last week was the first time I really questioned Norvell in some things, but I'm not ready to give up on him yet because the, the guy's a really smart coach. You know, he's innovative. He's got a really good coaching tree overall so the guy can identify coaching talent. I'm not ready to give up on him yet. Um, you, know, uh, you know, as Logan said earlier, you know, a lot needs to change off the field in terms of, of what these players are doing off the field and, and in order to become better on the field. So, you know, it's just not as simple cut and dry as, oh, let's go fire another coach because shit does that. They ain't getting no coach that come here.
3: <laughs> they're getting us on the staff. They can buy us. Yeah.
0: It, you know, they, they go and fire another guy after two years. Who yeah, are they there's gonna not get?
1: Money floating around right now. Who are they
0: gonna get? Honestly, no one's fired anybody. No one. No
1: one's firing anybody.
0: Let's all relax. Understand that you know before Norvell came in, this is a three to four year fix. They're doing what they're supposed to do on the recruiting trail. Um, Florida State's got to win. And that's what that's what we talked about a lot. You know, Forest State's got to win, get to a bowl game this year to keep that class together. Now we're going to see if they can nut up and do it.
3: Yep, we'll see. Wake Forest is a big-time game. So we'll be proving that at the end of the show. We'll officially seal this up, dig it up, put it away, and seal it off against Jacksonville State. That's over, over that. No more to be spoken on. Uh, Let's talk a little bit of depth chart here before we talk about Dante Lucas uh depth chart changes. McKenzie Milton listed as the sole QB starter. I know a few other changes in there that Nate talked about with Sidney Williams. But uh McKenzie Milton, this lone survivor there in the quarterback room. Now Jordan Travis as a true backup. Um, you know, we saw during Jacksonville State they're running a little gimmicky both quarterbacks here and there, but it seems like McKenzie Milton's a sole starter. didn't seem like that was really working. I know Nate, you were talking about it too. It seemed like they were trying to play around with that. That's of kind of stuff you do during practices. Maybe not in the game. I mean, maybe you do do that against Jacksonville state. You used to be able to do that five years ago, but now you can't do that anyways. But um, anyways, McKenzie Milton listed as the true starter.
2: Um, Which is the correct move. He's been the only one that's been able to show he can sustain a drive so far and now that there's film out there on travis from all of last year teams just know what to do he's still not a threat as a throwing quarterback i think you kids still bring him in on you know third and short fourth and short if you need it and do that instead of the stupid wildcat that we've been doing the last two games but i think milton just raises the offensive ceiling he already has a pretty good chemistry with kids like williamson i think he's gonna get there with McLean. I think I think it was just, it's time for the right move. You use Travis as a gadget kind of player, but he shouldn't be a full time quarterback.
0: Um I am interested to see how it unfolds, man. Um, you know, I I, I you know, I've had I've had my own thoughts about, about Travis as a quarterback, and I know there's been debates and you know, I've said some things where I don't feel like he's necessarily an overall quarterback at this level of college football. Um, And and I'm going to stand by that. And I think it showed. And and the kid's a great athlete, really special with the ball in his hands. And you have to find a way to make that happen because the guy is just a, he's really good with the ball in his hands. That doesn't make him any less of an athlete. I just don't think he's a full-time quarterback at at FSU. And there's nothing wrong with saying that. It just is what it is. I think Milton... Should be the guy, and it looks like that the coaches are, are going to move that direction. And, and, and I'm anxious to see what happens with a guy like Chuba Purdy. who's, you know, starting to come together a little bit for him in practice. You know, you know, does his progress, does that allow him to slide into a number number two role? You know, I'm, I'm I don't think we're really done with that depth chart yet. Um, I, I really think that. You know, providing something catastrophic with with milton and he gets injured or not for a long, a long time i i think he's locked in and I agree with Logan um a little bit you know it had to be done and and then with Austin you know he sustained the drives each game um the office is just you know they struggled against Jacksonville state they should they scored 17 points but I think some of that was just play calling and personnel and that's where I really felt like there was just... And
2: penalties and drops.
0: Yeah, throwing stuff to the wind and see what happens. So that's why I felt it was kind of more of a scrimmage than an actual game plan. And that that's on the coaches. But I think Milton is definitely the way he should go.
1: Yeah, and I'm fine with Milton being the starter. But, you know, the biggest thing to me is just Florida State developing, you know, some consistency at, at that quarterback position. I, th- I think we talked about it on the, the Jacksonville State recap, but... You know, a lot of different quarterbacks got a lot of reps during fall camp. Milton missed some time. So, you know, guys were in and out throughout the entirety of fall camp. And, you know, it just feels like the passing game. They're just not in a consistent rhythm at this moment. So I think having Milton start, you know, hopefully at least for the next three, four, five straight games, we'll just see that continue to grow as things move forward. And you also have to remember, I mean, this is only his second game back after a 1,000 days out after that devastating knee injury. So I'm sure he's still getting his footing back together. And one question I want to ask you guys, I mean, are we are we worried at all, you know, about McKenzie Milton's arm strength, his velocity on some of these throws? Because I look back at that interception against Jacksonville State where he threw – you know out wide on on the corner route or the hitch route whatever you call it and it just felt like the ball didn't get out there fast enough and allowed the db to come up and make the play so i just wonder you know with that knee injury and obviously it's something he's gonna have to manage throughout the rest of his career do you think that's potentially hindering him at times throughout games i think he's still
2: just testing the waters on what his knee can do really um, I think he's made some really impressive passes. I mean, we talked about the one to Helton in the Notre Dame game. He, he's made some impressive passes, and even that one that Helton dropped in the Jacksonville State game was an impressive throw. I, just, I think he's still trying to figure out what he can and can't do, what his limits are. I think he'll get more comfortable as the season gets along. And it's not like Travis has great velocity on his throws either. There's a lot of throws that just loft and sit there forever. So I, say, I don't really think worrying about his velocities too much. I, said, I think that interception, I guess I was say, I think it was poor timing. I think the receiver didn't come far enough to the ball. It was a little bit on the throne. It was a combination of a couple things. I I
3: wanted to comment on something that's kind of not really breaking right now, but something that's just all over Twitter. So I thought it'd be worth noting, but I think it is. I think we got to talk about PK Sam, former Noel played at Florida state um, has been very vocal on social media. And lately the last 24 hours, it's been absolutely wild. He's now combating with Travis Hunter five-star FSU commit. Um, PK Sam tweeted just a little bit uh, earlier today and quoted, I was asked by the source. Well, he said practically, I know the tweet he deleted, but he said a source told him that the locker room was a wreck um, and that he can confirm it. And that's just how it is. And there's gotta be changes there. Uh, He was then told, he tweeted, I was asked by the source to take the tweet down, but since a lot of FSU fans always want to talk, Shit, I got something for y'all next time I go talk to these top recruits. I could actually give a damn what our record is. I already got what I needed from the school. Hashtag keep talking. He just tweeted about an hour ago saying, if you want to go to FSU football, you might get called an for saying the locker room is in shambles. LOL, Travis Hunter, make sure you choose wisely. Posted a picture of him in private DMs with Travis Hunter. Travis Hunter wasn't a fan of PK Sam tweeting things about Florida State football. And things of that area. Nate, you know more PK Sam than any of us do on here. And you're also a big Travis Hunter guy. Um, um, any so- comments on what is happening <laughs> here? Because I don't know what's happening here. I just see it all over Twitter and we haven't so here, had any time.
0: Here is a guy, the
3: I don't here's know what's a guy.
0: Here's a guy. So PK Sam needs to shut the fuck up. Okay. Here's a guy who. His first two years at Florida State he did absolutely jack shit has a good junior year always blame the quarterback the quarterback is why I didn't have a thousand yards a quarterback this a quarterback that um, tries to test the, the waters in the NFL um, ends up making the Patriots squad um and be-
3: uh, and thank <laughs> God it's always the time can
0: never
2: be more impeccable when he drops out. No, like,
3: it's always when something is going down. Uh, we need a statement oh from God. him. Oh, my goodness. Of course, he always disconnects. Then I wonder what the podcast people hear whenever this goes on. They don't get to see that he actually drops off. We can't make it up. It's real. I'm not removing him. There <laughs> we go.
0: Sorry, I had a power surge. Welcome uh, back. So, nah. So here, here's a guy who makes the Patriots and did his own, has admitted. Due to his attitude and his just overall shitty attitude, um, gets kicked out of the NFL for just his poor, poor, uh, poor play, poor attitude, poor everything. And, and, and now I think his avenue is to be as you know shock jock as possible in order to get attention to stay relevant. Um, you know, he says some stuff about Bobby Bowden implying that. You know, Bowen was a racist, um, which for me jumped off the deep end. Um, You know, he went through what he went through at Florida State. I wasn't there. You could say, you know, whatever it was. I I, I know some players I played with him who said nothing but bad things about the guy personally off the field. Um, And, and, you know, I've hesitated tweeting this guy, um, you know, to be tweeting a recruit um, as important to Florida State's Future, like he is, is, is just reckless, and and really, I I really would love to see Norval just call him out and make hey, you're not welcome back here. Uh, for someone that wants to be a part of Florida State and what they're doing so badly, he likes to just bash him. It doesn't make sense to me. So you know, it's your Twitter. Say what you want to say, but really, it's a, it, for someone to me, it's someone who's irrelevant, um, who's trying to be as as. Shocking as possible to get some attention, and you know I hope Travis Hunter tells him to kick rocks. You know mm-hmm. that would make him a seven star in my opinion. <laughs>
3: seven star. <laughs> yeah, no. I just thought I'd bring that. I just see it all over Twitter, so I think it's worth noting that sometimes uh, just stay off Twitter. Just get off Twitter. Or leave as soon as you can. But to be sure in private DMs. What the f- kid. And your biggest recruit that you've had in so long, that just shows how much you really care about Florida State and overall. And that doesn't he cares anybody. about himself.
0: It it he yeah, cares yeah. about himself. You know, so PK Sam, I see you. Thank you for that touchdown against Florida. Um, kick rocks.
3: Anyways, let's move on. Unless anybody else has any more comment, I think Nate did a really good job of laying down that real quick. Nobody else does. Good. All right. Dante Lucas is planning on entering the transfer portal. Nate, you've also had him on your list really early on that you kind of saw this coming, that he would be leaving the program. But, you know, there was a lot of things to him, both on the field and to some things off it and maybe in the locker room that just weren't on the same level as the coaching staff and what. What they won, I, I think too. You know, he's not; he wasn't listed as a starter. He came in a few games, but as like last week, you know, mistake penalty on him, messed up a drive. And you know, I wish to I wish him all the best. It just seemed like such a roller coaster up and down because he had had meetings previously, from what we were told, with the coaching staff. And you know, it just is a rough was a rough road for Lucas. But he's no longer with uh, the program, Florida State.
0: Um. Yeah, I mean. He was, you know, a blue chip guy. I think a lot of people thought was going to help, kind of be that bridge while FSU got better at along that along the offensive line. But he, you know, a lot of these kids man, self inflicted. You know, you know, being being at fault for their own troubles and their own struggles at, at at Florida State. So. Um, You know, it's a kid that just couldn't put it together. I know the coaching staff, um, you know, they tried. I know Atkins tried. I know Norvell wanted to see him be successful. Um, Yeah, I had him on my list that came out last year that, you know, pissed a lot of people off, but, you know, I'm really surprised that he made it this far, to be honest with you. So, um, let's call it what it is. The guy, you know, he struggled a lot. You know, he had a ton of uh, a ton of penalties yeah. every game you could two three penalties and two thirds of those would be you know significant situational penalties that would put the the team behind behind the chains and behind schedule or would negate a big play um you know just the middle part you know the middle part of the game has to get better for him and you know wish him wish him luck um you know four is going to move on
2: because I mean, just just talk about how highly rated he was when he first came in. He was talking about oh, I'm gonna be three and out, go to the NFL, take care of mom. After three years, he's not even on the team because of whatever reason. He, he's he struggled mightily. I wish him all the best, but he, he just struggled so many times before Florida State needed him to step up, and it sucks. Florida State needs quality offensive line depth. They thought they had him, had it, and in and in Dante Lucas coming in, he just struggled game in game out,
1: play in play out. You know, I will say he didn't get a really great draw from the beginning because, you know, he did come in as a highly ranked offensive lineman. Like you said, Austin, he was the first, I believe, true freshman offensive lineman to start the season opener for Florida State since like 2004, 2005, something in that range. And, you know, I thought he was decent his freshman year. but, But the thing is, you know, he just got thrown into the fire way too early. You know, I like to see an offensive lineman come in, red shirt, build up their body, get comfortable in the system. Cause you're talking about, you know, 18 year olds going up against 22, 23 year old grown ass men. I mean, it's just a different game, you know, translating from high school to college. So, you know, he played his entire true freshman season. Then he had that knee injury in the the bowl game against Arizona state that set him back. So, you know, a lot of setbacks as well in, in his development. And you know, it, it just didn't help out in the end. I'm sure he was he's been really frustrated over his time at Florida State because you know he was expected to do big things and it just didn't transpire and wish the wish the best of luck for him wherever he does um end up. Yeah, best of luck to
3: him. Hope things can turn around for him for sure. Uh going into the rest of some quick hitters here, uh, I thought it was worth noting too before we hopped on here to mention uh that Sanford will actually be naming their field after former FSU head coach in Sanford, uh, Bobby Bowden. Uh, he'll be actually, his name will be on the field uh, there. And, you know, it's really quiet. Cool. I forget which date. I'll have more information on here in just a second. But uh says Sanford, you mer- mer- Samford University will officially name the field an F. Page Cybert uh, Stadium as Bobby Bowden Field prior to their sept- tw- September 25th home game against ETSU. So, some really cool, some really cool stuff here. That's
1: great. Noah, but Florida State did it first. <laughs> and I, I
3: would be if if,
2: I would <laughs> be surprised if West Virginia did something. Again, like, I know Bobby
1: wasn't at West Virginia long, but I wouldn't be surprised if they did something for him there too. I could see Marshall doing something for him as well, like some type of honor, just because he, he was a really big part in helping them start to rebuild their program, you know, after that tragedy yep. way back when. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he's done a lot around college football. You know, it, it's crazy. It's kind of crazy the impact that Bobby Bowden is going to leave just from, you know, from Florida all the way up to, to West Virginia and in between.
3: Yeah. I'm trying to think if there's another coach that has two fields named after him. Doesn't matter. It comes,
0: Bobby's a goat.
3: Should be on every field. The goatest of the goats <laughs> deserves it, though. Absolutely. Mm. So I thought that was worth noting here. Uh, there was a question on here: Where is DeMory Tate? Former big time, mm. high, I, high four star.
0: I, I think there's a chance you may start to see him this this coming week. Um, mm. You know, he's been getting some more more time. At, practice and um you know i i think there's a, a chance you may see him if not this week here pretty soon
1: yeah i mean he's another guy that's just really really talented but been hindered by you know off the field stuff whether it was the the academics last season that made him have to sit out or the the injury that he suffered um over the off season that caused him to miss all of spring ball so He's just been behind the eight ball a little bit, and he's still a young guy. And like I said, all potential in the world. I think it would help Florida State to start facing him in because I just I feel like you need some new looks in that defensive backfield. Just whatever they have back there just hasn't really been meshing together consistently enough to to keep doing what you're doing.
0: Yeah, if, if he can get it together, that that'd be a huge boost for for that secondary because he, you know he is. You know, I thought he was a number one corner coming out of high school, um, his senior year. Um, you know, he has a length, he's got long arms, he's you know, he's not gonna he's not a blazer, um, but he's fast enough to keep up. Um I, I really like him um and, and hope that it comes together for him because you know, have him opposite of a, a Travis J or you know, however you see that unfolding, um would be a good sign to see because, you know, like I I, I agree with Dustin is that you got to switch some things up because it's not working what they have uh, right now. So the more, the the more guys they can get reps and see what they have, you know, I think that's where FSU is at right now. You got to kind of run through that roster and see what they can offer and see if you flip that depth chart significantly. So if he can come in and, you know, come off that scout team and, you know, contribute in and practice and, and turn that into reps in the game and it can come together for him. Cause that, that's going to help too, you know, live game reps is how he's going to learn. So, you know, if that can all come together for him, you know, I'd be excited to see that for, for, for Florida state. We've talked about it a lot, but
3: out of nowhere, there's a lot of questions. I think it's because we talking a little bit about Demori Tate, but Destin Hill, you know, we don't have any kind of official updates here. This will be always the biggest question every time, but uh, we'll keep you guys updated if anything comes up. That's all we'll say. We've talked about it before in the last couple of sh- podcasts a few weeks ago, but uh, we not talked expected about it to back until later. Yeah, let's now. say just check out the Discord. Yep, patreon.com slash day. Mm. That's where you want to be in to get all that kind of inside scoop. One last thing here for quick hitters on the week, NFL Knowles, gentlemen. I got to be there to see Jameis Winston absolutely light it up. They beat the Packers 38 to 3. I mean, that's correct. It felt amazing to be there and watch that. It felt a lot like, because I was meeting with Jameis Winston's managers after the game as they were getting ready to go to the buses. And they said it felt a lot like the Clemson game when they went up there and Jameis balled out and they absolutely decimated the Tigers in their home. This time being a neutral side game, but still, it was definitely about 70-30 Packers fans in attendance, and Jameis looked great. 14 of 20, only 148 yards, but five touchdowns and no takeaways. And ran a little bit too, guys. I mean, he looked great in the pocket, moved around well, Mm -hmm. and he got rid of the ball when he didn't need to. You know, There was one play where he had all the time in the world, and usually he will try to take a risk there and throw it, but he threw it away. Um, but it seems like him and Sean Payton are going to be a pretty good tag team moving forward for uh, the and, former Null.
2: And best of all, they beat the Packers. Like It was a perfect weekend.
3: <laughs> Appreciate you, James. Yeah, yeah uh, obviously we know which quarterback was the the best on the field.
1: Wasn't a perfect weekend for the Vikings. Whoa, dang, we, you had to we, do we, it we, like we, that? We,
2: we, we don't need to talk about that, okay? <laughs> Just, we were on a good note. And that, and then...
1: Move on. Sorry, but if we're doing a game comparison, I don't know if I'd say 2013 Clemson. I'd say 2013 Being Pittsburgh. Forced. You know,
2: just 20, just the coming no, 13, out party. 2013 Maryland. <clears throat> wait, wait. wait, wait Forest.
0: You know, didn't have a ton of yards, but you know, put up points quickly. Um, yeah, you know, I think I, that defense for the Saints yeah. might be something this year, um, but. You know, Jameis physically looks phenomenal. He's probably the best he's looked since 2013. Um, great to see him, you know, a shredded defense that competed for, you know, people thought that had a chance for Super Bowl. Lo- love seeing it, you know. I, I hope Jameis can put it together week over week because, you know, he's someone that got a lot of criticism and a lot of blame for what was going on in Tampa that I didn't think was rightly deserved. Um, so I-, I hope that continues. Um you know, has, uh, I want to say, you know, love to see Derwin James back. You know, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Derwin. Uh, I, I think he's one of the best defensive backs in the NFL, best safety. Um, you know, he played phenomenal. You know, ranked really high in the PFF, 90.2 um, overall, I believe it was, and then had the highest uh, grade of any defensive backs when it comes to coverage as a safety. And that's something that some people want to knock him on. It's his coverage ab- ability. And he comes in after a year and just dominates the game in the passing game, but also you know shows his physicality with seven tackles. You know, second on the team in seven tackles. So, um, and I don't know if anyone saw. Uh, Sante Samuel was third on the team with six tackles. Uh, Excuse <clears throat> this past weekend. So, hey, you know, DBUs in the house, and then you see Jalen Ramsey, just being in that star position, you know, he was dominating early, you know, against my Chicago bears. So, (laughs) you know, Andy Dalton for president. And (laughs) going back to
1: your point on Jameis, you know, give him an offensive line, give him a running game, give him a defense. Look what happens 38 to three against the green Bay Packers. And I thought he did a terrific job, you know, just being in that game manager role, um, throughout, and then whenever Sean Payton asked him to make a play, he went out and made it. You know, fourth down, um, in Green Bay territory, they had him throw like a tight end screen. They got twenty or thirty yards. They go for it on fourth and goal. He throws a touchdown pass while he's getting tackled, basically. And then at the end of the game, they're finally like, "All right, let's let him throw deep." There you go, wide open deep ball that goes for a long touchdown. So man, it was just great to see vintage Jameis back, and you know we we've watched him. For the last two years now, he's worked really hard for this opportunity. Logan, we got a chance to see him up in close and personal back in April. And, you know, I really think he deserves it. And I, I hope the Saints have a lot of success this year. And that's not just because I'm a fan. Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> and also going to off the field, he's been representing Florida State very well. And, you know, now the Saints. But he's doing a lot now after the hurricane that went through there. And it was mm-hmm. highlighted in the stadium quite a bit. And, you know, he's doing a lot of work. Uh, off the field. I don't think a lot of people are talking about it enough. Obviously, I think now that his performance on the field, it's rare to see that in the Jameis limelight, but the stuff on the field is really highlighting in a positive way. But they're also not seeing the positives that are that he's doing off the field with the amount of water, food that they've been collecting. Their team there, the Jameis Winston team has been doing a fantastic job uh at helping out the community there in New Orleans, so it was cool to see. You know, there was a few Green Bay Packers fans in the stands talking crab leg jokes. I thought that was like six, seven years ago. I thought mm-hmm. that, was, that was so outdated. NFL fans are really weird. I, I'm, I think I'm better at college football games and NFL. There, there are some really weird, like NFL fans. Like I understand, like you doing the dressing up thing. I think that's even better. But there's some weird, weird. People, I don't know. I was just in a weird crowd, but maybe they're just Packers. Fans.
1: You were in Jacksonville, so
3: whoa, hey, all right. whoa You That's going out? To, you all going right. against Jacksonville people? There, but well, I'm, so, I'm just saying,
1: it's a, it's a strange city. I've been all
3: there right. a couple Dang. times. Relax. Please rip Dustin apart on Twitter. You can find <laughs> his Twitter down below hey, in the uh, description.
0: Also, I I did want to ask you, you know, this oh. is not FSU related, but you know, how nervous are you now seeing Patrick Peterson get turned around by a rookie? Yeah. You know, um, so does he does he need to move to safety to prolong his career like, Woodson did and like Charles Woodson and both Rod Woodson did that. Daryl Green even did that at one point. You know, I, I ne- wouldn't be
2: upset with it because I mean we have Harrison Smith who's one of the best safeties in the league. But next to me, you have Xavier Woods who's just yeah. okay. I, I wouldn't be upset moving Pat Pete back. Um, but then who are you playing at corner? Are you really playing Rashad Breeland, Cam Danceler, and Chris Boyd? Like, it, it's kind of just putting what you have out there our, our seconder mm-hmm. is pretty terrible
0: yeah uh, i mean i mean uh that route was was, was filthy mm.
3: yeah so nfl Knowles, good start to week one brian Bar- brian burns also had a good weekend too um worth noting there so good stuff from the from the former Knowles, excelling really well i'm excited to see derwin james jalen james oh, it's gonna be fun
2: uh, on one note uh LaMarcus Joyner is out for the season. I feel like we have to give our regards to him. Yeah out for the surgery, tore, something, tore some tendon in his arm, which sucks to see because he, he was starting out there for the Jets. It sucks yep. to see because he's really talented, really versatile player.
3: He's going to be tag-teaming with Hamza back there, which sucks. I thought those two would be a great tandem. Well, that stinks big time. Mm-hmm. And to learn from and have Hamza, he'll still learn from LaMarcus and he'll help in the film room a lot too, but – Hamps up being able to learn from LaMarcus Joyner this year, I think is going to be big time. That's just easy money. Uh, before we move on, let's give some love to our sponsors. I'm wearing them right now, Proud90. Uh, you can find them at proud90.com. These polos feel fantastic. You're not wearing the Proud90 <laughs> shirt. I don't know what you're trying to do right now with a regular black t-shirt. But these are what it is. This is my other one that they hooked me up with. This thing is awesome. Uh, if you guys use code NGD20, you get 20% off at proud90.com. The code is NGD20. They feel great. They've also partnered with starting quarterback McKenzie Milton. He's been rocking those over and on his IG. They're great for tournament wear. You can also wear them. It's hot out. I wear them every uh, Friday to work, and I get so so many compliments. Definitely when I'm going out, I, I've never heard so many people ask where I get it and everything of that nature. So definitely go help them. Out. Also, check them out. They're also former Knowles, too. So go help out a... Some former Knowles and their business just use code NG20 and you also get 20% off. Like I said, these feel amazing. They also hooked up the whole team here. So definitely appreciate them for uh, overall also sponsoring the show for us this evening. Uh, let's move on to some goodies here, Austin. You know, now that uh, after, uh, uh, you know, last weekend, we don't know really what happened. But after last weekend, the instant thought from most fans was when is basketball season starting? pretty sure that was said which all is, throughout the stadium.
2: Which is 56 days. We are 56 days from basketball season.
3: 56 days away. Before we jump into Florida State versus Wake Forest preview, kind of give us the latest on basketball. So, I know there's some recruiting, and then we also got the the uh, schedule coming out
2: tomorrow. Yeah, so, so immediately following the Jacksonville State loss, you know, the very next day, basketball gets a commit. Further um, strengthening people's thoughts that basketball and football cannot be good simultaneously. Uh, they, mm-hmm. they get a commit from four-star Cameron Corin out of Plano, Texas. Um, 6'9", 230. He's going to be more of a five. He, he's in that Malik Osborne, Fiondu, Cavangeli mold. Um, the staff really thinks he can turn into Fee, and if he does, that's great, because Fiondu turned out to be a phenomenal player. Um, can bang down low, has some post moves, can stretch out to three. He's what you expect from Florida State. He's long and athletic, so I think he'll fit in just fine. It, it was important for them to get somebody. You know, we've been talking about that, that there's an edge for them to get somebody, whether it was, you know, Dylan Mitchell, and then Drake Whitehead goes to Duke. Then it's Jason Gorman going to overtime. Like, there's just so many things where Florida State thinks they're getting somebody they just had to get somebody. And they, they got a pretty talented kid who, who's going to be here for a few years. Um, I think the staff's very excited about, it and hopefully there's another one coming in a couple weeks. weeks.
1: Yeah, it's great. Like you said, Austin, it's great for them just to really get a commitment at this point. Cause I feel like the last couple of months, nothing has gone right in the discord, you know, every prediction Mm -hmm. that you guys put in, it's getting flipped because I mean, you know, recruiting is just such a, a crazy game. I mean, it changes every day, every week. You never really know what's going to happen, but glad they got one on the board. And, you know, hopefully this just builds the momentum. Also, how many spots they got this year? Four or five? (laughs) (laughs) I think they have up to six spots
2: next year. Um, I I think a lot of them will be transfers. I I think you're looking at Mm at least two or three transfers coming in for next season. Um, I don't think it's going to be all freshmen. I think it would kind of be a mistake if they went all freshmen. But just get two or three talented guys that can develop for a few years and then get a couple talented transfers. Like, get more Caleb Mills in here. And uh, you have a pretty good team going forward.
1: Yeah, and that's now. the game now, you know, figuring out the mix between high school talent and the transfer you bring in. So which is it's a which different is like Baylor landscape. Gave. Baylor mm-hmm.
2: is, Baylor's built up almost all the transfers, and it clearly worked for them winning national championship yeah. very convincingly. Mm-hmm.
3: Now we got, now we got, you know, it comes even closer. Now we've got the schedule released to tomorrow night, mm-hmm. which I know a lot of FSU fans will be keeping a close eye on that. And we know the opponents, but just don't know which dates those will necessarily be locked into.
2: We'll find right. it out tomorrow. Yeah. Tomorrow night at 7 PM, we get the full ACC schedule. Um, we are like, like Logan said, we're out of the opponents you're playing. I've, I've got to put up here. You always play Clemson and Miami twice. Then you also get Duke NC state Syracuse and wake forest twice. At home, you get Louisville, Notre Dame, Pitt, Virginia Tech. Then on the road, you get Boston College, Georgia Tech, UNC, and Virginia. A couple tough road games there. Um, But, yeah, excited to see a schedule finally. We already know the non-conference teams and that we're playing Penn to open the season on November 10th. And we're pretty excited. What's most exciting is we'll find out who Florida State's going to face and their chance to tie the ACC record from straight home wins against ACC opponents. Um, they ended the season at 25. The ACC record's 26. So, whoever they play first at home in conference, they're going to be coming into a good environment because Florida State fans will be well aware, well aware of what's happening. But I also know the ACC, they're going to give us Duke. They're going to give us, you know, they're going to give us some big game where they're like, oh, you think you have a record? No, here's Duke. Sorry. <sighs> but I, I yeah. think a lot of fans are excited about this.
3: Yep. I'm excited for the season ahead too, and like you said, that record, man, it just keeps on going and chugging along and chugging along. So hopefully, there's some easy ones in there where Florida State can kind of seal that off. And I'm definitely it, looking it, It'd be great well. if the ACC
2: was like, oh yeah, here's Wake Forest f- for your first conference <laughs> game. Oh, and then you want Miami to break the record here? Perfect. That that would be glorious. But I, I, I think everybody knows it's going to be probably like Duke and then Louisville or or something stupid like that.
1: Yeah. Hopefully. You just gotta keep know. that, keep those vibes in the Tucker Center going, man. You know, it has been a crazy environment for it's getting close to half a decade at this point. You know, it's crazy to see the rebirth of, of FSU basketball. And I, I just hope it keeps growing. A lot of young talent on the team this year. I would say not as many veterans the past couple years, but that just means more guys to to step into their roles and you know show out. So I'm excited. It's a
2: talented group, and it's very more modern college basketball. We'll, we'll get into it a few weeks down the road, but it's very guard-heavy, and that's where college basketball is gone. Baylor predominantly played three-guard lineups last year. I think that's the way college basketball is going. Yeah, mm-hmm. You can see what the moves for State made. They lost a few bigs and Raekwon Gray and and Balsha and They really don't replace them with anybody, but you bring in a guy like Caleb Mills, you bring in Jalen Worley. You're bringing in very talented guards. It's going to be a really fun season, and I'm looking forward to the schedule. Yep.
3: Well, gentlemen, you ready to get into a little Florida State versus Wake Forest? Florida State's going to be facing the Demon Deacons this Saturday at 3.30 primetime, little afternoon, ABC ESPN. Uh, we'll be covering that live uh, on Twitter, across everything. We've got content coming out, articles, videos, and everything. But man, oh man, Florida State's going into this game zero and two. Wake Forest, the complete opposite, 2-0. Uh, and, you know, you just got to kind of think here mental game for Florida State going into this what are they thinking you know is this a team that's already given up on the season or did that kind of tick them off and they're ready to fight the only two wins for Wake Forest though worth noting was Old uh, Old Dominion 42 to 10 I know I saw Monarchs there I was like that is a weird name for a team but the Old Dominion Monarchs uh, they beat them 42 to 10 and then Norfolk State Spartans. They beat them 41 to 16. So, this is going to be Fortis or Wake Forest, really true first matchup of the season. How are we feeling, guys? First thoughts heading into this one. What have y'all been feeling the last couple of days heading in?
1: Hey, well, the real season gets started now because now you're going into conference play. And, you know, we've talked about it. Who really knows which Florida State team is going to show up on Saturday? I don't think any of us can really confidently say, you know, It's it's just going to depend. You know, this team they've shown I I said earlier, they've shown the best they can be. They've shown the worst they can be. Can we get somewhere in the middle against Wake Forest and and compete against a solid Demon Deacon team? I mean, this is a team veteran quarterback. Obviously, Dave Clawson has been there for a while. He's got his offense pretty well installed and and they know what he likes to do. So it's it's going to be a tough test on Saturday.
2: Wake's a team that runs the ball really well, and they have through the first couple games. But Dave Clawson's smart enough co- coach to go. They've got a good Florida State has a good defensive line with Jermaine Johnson, Kyra Thomas, and, and company. I think I think you're going to see a lot more of their quarterback, a lot more of their passing game than we have through two games. In games where they didn't really need to show anything, it's mostly vanilla offense, and they're only, the only exception they've thrown was the backup quarterback. So I, I think you're going to see a little bit more airing out for Mike Forrest because I, I think they at least. At, at the least respect Florida state's defensive line.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with Austin. I think that, um, well, well, like does like to run the ball. I don't think that they're going to be, you know, very successful, um, against Florida state. I think the route for them to go is to utilize Hartman and, you know, his experience and, you know, create those mismatches that we've seen happen all year, uh, with, with that back seven for FSU. Um, you know, or early thoughts is, is, you know, I haven't really studied much on, on Wake Forest due to the fact they haven't played anyone yet. Um, and, and, you know, for, for like I said earlier in the podcast, I think this is truly a, a must-win for FSU. Uh, and, and one of the true must-wins that they've had in quite a while. Um, you know, you can't afford to go 0-3 any year, but they can't afford it right now, um, especially with, with the recruiting class they have right now and just the direction of the program. I think that... I don't want to be on Twitter if they go own three. I, I just tell you that, you know, I, I I I, might I might spend the rest of the day off Twitter. It's just going to be a madhouse. But you know, hearing that, you know, last week this team was super lackadaisical in practice, and you know, people were just going through the motions, and there were a lot of loafing, and just not a good week of practice. And they go out loose to an FCS team, and hearing that, you know, so far this week the practices have been a lot more a lot more focused and a lot more. They're driven for the result, you know. Maybe that was a wake up call. I don't know. Um, you know, th- this team is so schizophrenic on on how it's gonna how it's gonna show up. Like like Dustin said, which which one do you which one do you get? Do you get the competitive, you know, thirty eight points against Notre Dame, or do you get the team that just goes through the motions and puts up seventeen against an FCS team and and they lose at the at the gun. I don't know man, and, and you know, one of my big questions coming into the season was, was has FSU passed that That mental block that the ability to push through adversity um, You know that whole game last week was adversity and they did not push through and, and that's my concern going against a, a Well-coached team, you know a team that like we forest they're not super talented this year they lost some of their best players due to injury during our camp, but I feel she doesn't show me really much to be feeling really positive now going into this in into this week. So I'm eager to see how it unfolds.
1: Yeah, I will say I'm interested to see um the linebackers this week because obviously you're gonna miss uh Kalen Deloach for that first half after the the targeting penalty against Jacksonville State. So you're probably gonna have Cortez Andrews, the the walk on transfer from Maryland, step in there for his first start as a Seminole. And I mean, he's, you know, he's been decent through the first two games and, you know, this linebacker core just so, so young. And we'll see if they can continue to grow against, like you said, Austin, a Wake Forest team that has a good running attack. So you're going to need them to have a good game. And man, the DBs are going to need to have a good game. We'll see if that happens.
2: It's a Wake Forest team that's averaging over six yards per, almost six yards per play. I think it's like 5.88, averaging four and a half per carry. It's a very solid team and Florida State's gonna have to come to play and I hope they do because I'm gonna be in attendance 10 rows from the field so, so I don't want them laying an egg like they have the last two or I'll say like last week they just gotta show something show some fight you know it yeah it's been a bad two games but you can easily rebound from these two games and still put in a quality season but you just you, you have to take away the mental mistakes you can't have 11 penalties again Wake Forest only has six penalties through two games that, that's <laughs> Almost half of what Florida State had last last game. So they, they uh, just got they gotta be focused. They, yeah. they really do.
0: Yeah, and th- you had a comment up there uh, just now, Logan. Um, I was gonna yeah. mention the uh, yeah, they're they're to go no you know no huddle quick, mm-hmm. which is giving FSU fits. And man, this is a very winnable game for FSU. But you know we said that last week and. You can say that about a lot of games on the schedule. It just comes down, for me, this comes down to how FSU plays. not necessarily how how Wake plays. And I don't think they're a great team this year. Um, you can't really judge their season yet. Like I think you know Austin said it too. Based on who they've played, you just have to look at the situation that Florida State's in and can they nut up and you know get a W.
1: And, you know, you have to think Wake Forest, definitely going to come out, you know, from the opening kickoff and be ready to go because they know they're going up against a Florida State team that's probably questioning itself right now. And, you know, I'm sure the Demon Deacons are going to come out, try and punch FSU in the mouth and see if they are going to respond or if they're going to lay down. And I think we'll, we'll find out pretty early, you know, how this game is going to go, whether Florida State's going to fight for four quarters or, you know, not even if it would have even been worth them getting off the bus. So we'll just have to see. Um, I'm definitely worried about the challenges that the, the Wake Forest offense um, presents to FSU. You know, they're not really a team that relies on a lot of big plays. I think through two games and against those uh, teams they played who, you know, aren't great competition, they've only had uh, one or two plays that were 40 yards or longer. So this is an offense that will put drives together and keep your defense on the field for a long time and tire them out. And then, you know, by the second half, that defense is just sucking wind. So it'd be huge for Florida State in that first half. You know, get a couple three-and-outs, get uh, shorten some drives, force some punts, and, man, build some momentum early. hmm Yeah. And we
2: also have to mind this is Florida State's first road game. They were terrible on the road last season. And the they, haven't great, they, they haven't looked great at home this year. So how, how do they handle their first true road test? I, I know they kind of got that simulation when they went to Jacksonville for those couple of practices. But now they're going into a quote-unquote hostile environment. There's only so much hostility <laughs> in Winston-Salem <laughs> and yeah. Wake Forest. 3,000 <laughs> yeah, so
0: fans going wild.
2: Yeah, And they're all six years old plus. Um, it, it's still their first road game away from Tallahassee, away from things that they're used to. How they react, we won't know until Probably 4.30, about an hour after kickoff, but Mm. we'll see. There's certainly some challenges.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And now, really worth noting here, Nate Austin's going to be in attendance. Is there anybody that he needs to talk to recruiting wise? Can we get him there for a few
1: interviews? What do we need?
3: It
2: doesn't matter because I'm not going to.
1: Let's Uh, wait until uh, after the game because recruiting uh, might be uh, on uh, a uh, downslide uh, by then. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Let's wait
1: till
2: after.
3: Let's wait till after and send him out. (laughs)
2: <laughs> After the game, I'll be in the car doing an Instant Reaction podcast, probably.
3: Okay, okay. Well, that can work. We'll take it for that for sure. But yeah, they got to show up. I mean, I think it was – I don't know who just said it earlier, but I think Wake Forest is going to strike very fast, very fast against maybe a little vulnerable, thinking about itself team with Florida State. Got to gotta, gotta be ready. I mean, I think they're just going to send it. I do believe in Florida State's running game they can push that down. I'm not so sold yet. Like the passing, like we talked about earlier, it's just not there yet, but running wise, it's easy. Tandem Corbin, and Ward, I know I know. We, we hear in the press conferences that you want to see all four of them, all five, all six of them. You got two running backs that have been playing the best out of their first two games. Run with them. They are. They should be able to go through a whole football game. If one's not feeling good, you go with the other one. If the other one's not feeling good, you go with the other one. But you don't need to run three or four. when. You know, I understand you want to get as much playing time, but if it's not working, keep in the two best players. That's what you do.
2: We have two really good running backs and the offensive line is best at run blocking. Like they've been opening running lanes in both games where they struggle is pass protection. Don't put this offense in situations where on second and nine, the third and 11, like these situations can happen. Part of that's less penalties. Part of that's you just got to commit to running the ball and running the ball out of the wildcat. Like get away from it. That's that's what I mean to say. I was about to
3: say, geez, get away from the
2: wildcat. Doesn't seem like that's over. Dillingham keeps use your running backs, but use them smartly. I get the direct snap. I get what you are going for, but when you do that, you are taking the threat away of a pass, and you know what the team's doing.
0: Uh, I hate the wildcat. I I wish it would disappear. I understand the premise of it uh, of getting the ball quickly to the to the back. I understand it, but it it didn't work. And then they use it on third and one, and it didn't work. Like you should flush that down the toilet. Uh, you know, I I, I think that Force Eight to win this game is going to have to run forty plus times because uh, they're clearly a much better running team than they are passing. And I, I really think that they're going to have to. Corbin's going to have to go for well over a hundred. Going to have to. Mr. Sean Ward's going to have to get fifteen carries and you know seventy five, eighty yards. I think they're going to have to really control that line of scrimmage, control the the time of possession. And and it's just time to do what you're best at. Right now they're a better running team than they are throwing. And and, and if that's what it is, so be it. You know, just do what you're good at and get the W. Stop forcing the passing game when it's just not working.
1: And to your point, you know, FSU – Pounding the ball and you know hopefully grind up some clock. That's probably going to be the, one of the only things that can hopefully get that Wake Forest offense out of a rhythm on Saturday. Make them sit over there on that sideline while you go down the field for six, seven, eight minutes, and then hopefully come out force a three and out and do it all over again. So
0: mm-hmm.
1: we'll see what happens. Like like you said earlier, Nate, this is a this is a big game for Florida State. It you know one of the biggest games probably in, in recent history, and I, I feel like we're going to learn a lot about this team and a lot about this coaching staff based on, you know, what they come out and play with on Saturday. And I I want to see
2: less horizontal play. I want to see more vertical play calling with with the passing game. I want to see less wide receiver screens, less tight end screens, less stuff to the flats, unless it's, you know, your third, fourth option, at least expand it somewhat vertically where you can open things up for the running game. The most important thing with Mm -hmm. the running game is like like Dustin noted it, it, Slows the game down, and you saw it last weekend against Jacksonville State, where the defense was just tired by the end of the game because they'd been on the field for so long. Mm-hmm. You gotta give this defense a break. That you can't keep going three and out on offense. You only take twenty seconds off the clock. Give the defense a break. Run the ball. Get some first downs. It shouldn't be that difficult, hopefully.
0: And hey, 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 when you're gonna pass, catch the damn ball. You know, that too. Ball. <laughs> that too. That too. And, that would you know, help I, a little bit, right? I mean, I I agree, Austin. You know, th- they're going horizontal too much, man. You know, they haven't really stretched the field or attempted to very much. And when it, when they have, they've gone to Keyshawn Houghton, who I just don't think is the right person for that for that role. I'm not I a want, coach, yeah. but you know, I, I I'm just going best with my experience of football. You know, a a 200 two hundred pound receiver is going to be better a 50-50 jump ball than a five-nine hundred pound kid.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I won more of McLean. I don't give a damn how much yeah, I gotta uh, do, to it. do I have to yeah. pay? Can I Venmo someone on the coaching staff? Like, that ball should have been. I understand Helton. That's going on. And he was wide open. That should have been caught. But Mm-hmm. I want McLean, even if I want one-on-ones with McLean, I think there should be more opportunities. Like like Austin was noting, I want more vert- vertical shots. Give the guys a chance, man. I understand, though, there have been drops, so maybe that's what the worrisome is. But if, if that's the drops from the veterans, put in the youngins. Let them get a chance and let them go up for one-on-ones. I want to see Burrell go on one-on-ones. We've heard great things mm-hmm. about him during practices and him being a physical guy. He's got that bold and build. If there's one-on-one chances, quarterbacks, let's take a chance. Take it. Take the shot. That's what Notre Dame was doing, and booyah! I mean, even though mm-hmm. Travis J had pretty decent coverage, and one of them being great coverage, and still him, I mean, that's just what you do. Let them take advantage of one-on-ones. I think the quarterbacks are still a little nervous with that, and mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't. I, I don't know. I, I want more vertical shots. I want McLean out there. I want Burrell.
0: Um, I want Williamson. You know, I want Douglas. Uh, I want Kintan there. Douglas out, well, there, he, I mean, out in
3: Notre Dame. I mean, he, he performed, he, he performed well. Douglas played. Yeah. Um, why, why is that not being utilized more? You know, yeah. it just seems like when something works one week, like we saw last, we saw this last year, something worked really well that week. And then the next week you never see it again. That's something that I'm questioning.
1: And I mean, even Andrew Parchment, I mean, you brought this guy in to, to be a vertical deep thread. And I mean, man, I I can probably count the amount of team, the amount of times I've seen him, you know, run a fade route on hand. I, I, it just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, doesn't there's
3: questions here. No, it doesn't make <laughs> sense to anybody else on the show here. Yeah, but yeah. Brian Robinson yes. uh
0: Brian factor move on. Still, still out. hurt.
3: Yep, still still, still out right now.
0: Uh, um but yeah, I would like to see a broad in the slot. You know, you have a guy who's physical, um gets you those tough catches. Um uh, I really like Williamson, you know, McLean go youth movement, you know, for real just preaching to the choir. Time. Mate. It's time, man. It's time. It's time. You know, nah, it, it, the it, it, se- it seems like it's your young kids who are really, that the, had the dog mentality on this team. Um, reward that and take your lumps. If you're going to take the lumps, take the lumps with, with the players and build for the future.
3: Mr. Wren here says, uh, let Wren blow the top off. Yeah. I'm about it. Just the production there has been been not so fun to watch. But which guy, I'll just ask this before going to score predictions, which guy needs to have a big game for, in order for Florida State to win this? You know, Jermaine Johnson has been leading all power five and I believe friggin' tackle sacks. Uh, what else? almost everything else for alignment right now, in all power five conferences, but who in particular, both offensively and defensively, do you guys think needs to have an impressive game in order for Florida state to go to up there to Winston Salem win this? I think for me, I'll go first. I think offensively I'm going with, I wish I could mix it, but I think Corbin, he's just going to have, they're going to have to run really well in this and stay consistent on offense, moving down the field because I'm not sold on the passing game. Uh, defensively, <clears throat> I'm not worried about Rain Johnson's. I know he'll have a good game. So I'm going to maybe someone maybe in the linebacker room, you know, is it going to be Lundy or, you know, does Steven Dix jr. Get some more PT in there? I think, um, I'm going to go DB and I'm going to go Brownlee. I think Brownlee has to have a, a turnaround game after what happened last week. And I know there was some, some things off the field that he was dealing with. He owned up to the mistake that happened on the field against Jacksonville state, but going to Hartman, I mean, they're going to throw it. They're going to throw it. And you got to have a good cover DB during this game. So I'm going to go Brownlee. I think Brownlee um, and along with Corbin need to have a big game this upcoming weekend. If you're in the comments right now, put in there. Who do you think needs to
2: have a big game? I'm going outside the box. I'm, I'm going with the two coordinators. I'm going with Kenny Dillingham and Adam Fuller. I feel like they have to call the game correctly for, for Florida State to have a chance. You know, that <clears throat> there's been too many times where – the player may be in the right position, make the wrong play, or there's just a complete wrong play call on defense. And on offense, we've already talked about it. Run the ball. Stop going horizontal. Use what this offense is good at. And don't bounce from thing to thing. Find something and stick with it. Use the running game to open up play action, open up things down the field. I think it's on the
1: coordinator as much as it is on any single player. And I mean, this is maybe this is kind of a a cop out answer. I'm going to go with the offensive line because I mean, last week was just dreadful. You know, a ton of penalties, um, holding false starts, bad snaps, ineligible man downfield. I mean, man, just fundamentally, they need to get it together as a group. And we've talked about it on previous episodes. You know, they didn't get a ton of time to work together as, as a consistent five during the preseason because of guys being banged up and whatnot. And even last week, you know, you're without starting center Marie Smith. We'll see if he's ready to go on Saturday. But, you know, it's going to be huge for Coach Atkins and that whole unit. You know, just like I said with the starting quarterback position earlier, I mean, you just got to have these guys on the field together getting reps to to build that offensive chemistry. And defensively, you know, it, it's tough. I would say the entire defensive backfield. But I'll just go with um, Sidney Williams, you know, first start of the season at safety. I think he's been FSU's probably best defensive back to this point by far, whether it's in pass coverage or, or coming up to to make some big hits in the running game. A, a lot to like about the kid. I mean, only a redshirt freshman. So, yeah, excited to see what he can do against the, the Demon Deacons and, you know, hopefully just bounce back from that last play.
0: Um, Austin kind of stole my thunder. I was going to go that way. I you smile. <laughs> with, with, yeah. with, with, with the uh, corner? We didn't even talk about this. I feel good. <laughs> um, but, um, um, so uh, and you could still go, pick the same. You
3: just, I nah, mean, man, nah,
0: nah, uh, I, I think there's be a lot different. of people that need to step up in this game. <laughs>
3: um, yeah. You know, a lot of options.
0: I, I, I'm going to go Andrew Parchment on, on offense. Mm. Um, you know, he came in expecting to be a guy to stretch the field, uh, bring that big playability to the, to the wide receiver room that they, they needed to into this season. And, and he's. You know, been a little non-existent. You know, some of that as some of the play calling, lack of opportunities. Quarterback, you know, you can talk about a lot of why the production is what it is, um, but he needs he needs to have a big game, stretch the field, take the top off the defense, um, have a couple big plays, and, and put some points on the board. Um, and and on defense, uh, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go, Amari Gaynor. Um, and I'm going to go Gainer because, you know, you're missing Deloach, who has been pretty steady as a starter two games in. You know, I had a bust to play, you know, right when the game started against Notre Dame, but overall he's played a lot better than last year. Um, And and you look at a position that's just not very deep. Um, He's going to have to just be that guy that controls that intermediate stuff and, you know, is a beast in the run game and also is able to, you know, cover those tight ends or whatnot because, I, that, like I agree with Austin, I think they're going to throw the ball a lot. So, you know, Gainer, Gainer's got to step up and, you know, wreak some havoc and, you know, create some turnovers. So uh, I'm going to go with those two.
2: And, and to Nate's point, Gainer's been in position. He just hasn't made the plays. You can talk about the missed safety from last week where, you know, mm-hmm. he, he had him dead to rights and just over overshot it. He's been in position. He's got. He just got to make those plays.
3: And it's worth noting, Deloge too won't be there in the first half, so that kind of linebacker room is already, you know, teetering with some depth there, at least with a lot of experience so far playing the season. So, um, you know, that those are some good picks too. I think that's sadly. There's a lot of lot of handfuls, and Austin went the coaching route there, and not wrong. A lot of the FSC Twitter, a lot of fans, you know, outlets, people covering it, you know. A lot of blame went towards the coaching staff, so they also have to bounce back here this upcoming weekend. It's not just the players. Uh, Before we do some score predictions, let's give some love to our friends over there at Manscaped. You can find them at manscaped.com. The best razors down below. I say down below the legs, the best you can find. I can't praise it enough. Had to use it this last weekend. Had to get prepared for the week ahead. The light on it, I swear the LED light changes the game for everything. I also did, I did clean it though, but I did shave my face. But really the primary the primary focus here is down below. You can use our code Knowles 20 for 20% off. And they're hooking it up too for you guys that listen and watch the show. You also get free shipping. So the package is awesome. It comes with a lot of different things. And it's also got wireless charging involved there too. So it's just advanced technology but the Razor itself is actually pretty phenomenal. So yeah, I, I think
0: we should do like an infomercial. A- no
3: way. <laughs> 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 and Nate's gone. Always whenever there's some kind of thing where he needs to be talking. I hate that Dustin's beauty, so we could also hear him laugh, but oh my God. And Nate's gone. He was talking so highly of Manscaped. That we just lost them, Nate, continue with your story.
0: Sorry. sorry. So I, I think we should do an infomercial at the next game. You know, you know, do like a, uh, you know, whatever you want to call it. Trimming a, of a, Dustin's back hair or something? No. Um, you know, I, I think we could have done a better job with uh, a tailgate, you know, for, for Notre Dame. So I'm thinking Miami. You know, we, we, we do an official tailgate. Um, you know, we get Hobbit there, we get some wings and, and then we, we, we show how powerful the razor is by shaving Dustin's back. I yeah, I, it, I think that's what's really going to help us really sell some more of these awesome razors is that when people see it in action, because you're going to look at it and be like, holy cow. And then you watch this razor just plow through it. Like you like, just like, know what like, like work down below. Yeah. Like it's a hot knife through butter. Um, <laughs> There you go, and, and we could probably sell, you know, five thousand of them at the FSU game. Once you see, you know, that go through Dustin's back hair.
3: <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll just hand them off to. As long as we sanitize, we'll hand them off and go to the porty potties and go shave your pubes before the game. I mean, there's just no better tailgate you could be at. You get Hobbit wings, you get that all over your fingers. You go down and shave. Like this could be the ultimate tailgating experience. Get ready for that. The Miami game, we'll have more yeah, details man. on
0: uh, that. Uh, yeah, I mean, and then you go to Mass Social and. You
3: know, or we, 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 we got to get some beer involved, so we don't, yeah, have, a, we yeah. don't have a beer sponsor yet, yeah. but if there's any out Mads there, House anybody Zone, listening.
0: Go to Hobbit after, go wherever you want to go after. And, you know, you're shaved, you're, with, you're
3: ready
0: with, to eat. With a, a freshly shorn uh, scrotum, it's way to go.
3: Absolutely. So use our code (laughs) Knowles 20 for 20% off and you also get free shipping. So Mm manscaped.com. They're hooking it up. So definitely take advantage of that big time discount. We've already had a few people tell us that they have taken advantage. So go right ahead, gentlemen. Let's get to the fun part here. What everybody's been waiting for. We got in the chat. Everybody's getting ready. Score predictions for Florida State versus Wake Forest primetime ABC this Saturday afternoon first afternoon game of the season first road game of the season Florida State did not win and went road game last season I want to go last worth noting Nate wants to go last Nate wants to go last I feel like he's got something prepared of some nature I don't know but yeah if you're in the comments right now put the score prediction if you're on the podcast tweet us your score predictions but gentlemen who wants to take it first I'll go second I'll go second
1: I'll go first. I I don't care. Um, you know, coming into this, coming into the season, whenever we actually did the the schedule preview or whatever a couple weeks ago, I had this game pinned as a loss for Florida State, um, considering the circumstances and, and how we got here to week three. I think I'm going to keep that prediction as is. You know, I'm just I'm not confident in, in which Florida State team that we're going to see on Saturday. I just have no idea. And at the same time, I mean, you've got a Wake Forest program that. Like I said, Dave Clawson has been there forever. He's got his guys, his system. Uh, you know, they they know how to run it. A veteran quarterback and Sam Hartman. So I'm just more comfortable in what they bring to the table rather than you know the Jekyll and Hyde that that is Florida State. And I'm going to go uh, Wake Forest 38, Florida State 20. Mm. I'll see you guys at 7 p.m. on Saturday.
3: I thought you said you weren't going to show up if Florida State lost. You were going to show up to the Ensign reaction. Yeah, we'll see. I'll flip a coin. Yeah. Uh, sports illustrated. Hello. Where are you at? (laughs) Oh yeah. I'm up. Oh, sorry. I did say I was taking second. Uh, dang it. I don't, I wish I could have gone never because I'm just going to continue to depress this crowd. Um, I've had no optimism about this upcoming game. I hate that it's a road game. I hate that they're playing once again another. This is now a veteran. I feel like he's been here for a while, but Hartman, a quarterback for Wake Forest. Uh, I think really a pivotal factor is going to be if once again, you're just not going to see. I know we saw it against Jacksonville State a little bit, but I didn't understand what kind of packages they were doing. with Both Jordan Travis and McKenzie Melton on the field. That just wasn't working feel like they were just testing things, but there's got to be some kind of game plan for Jordan Travis. If he's fully healthy, if he's good to go, there's got, we got to see Jordan Travis on the field. Florida State's going to have a chance in this game. In my opinion, you're, you can't take away your best leading rusher last season and him just be on the sideline in this game for the rest of the season. You're just ruining, you're just hurting yourself. So I don't think that's happening. I think there's still some quarterback things that are going on that I don't trust and things that I'm hearing uh, so I don't think Florida state will win this game. Um, I think Jordan Travis will, I don't think we'll see enough of him. So I'm going Florida state. Uh, I'm going to go wake forest. Actually uh, 31 FSU. 21.
2: This I is know. depressing.
3: Yeah, no, it is. This is, this will be, this is so far. On the same picks here, if we, and we also I got to mention too, we as a team we are one and one on the season.
2: Well, on the show I, I will continue the trend. Sadly, mm. um, as as good as um, Wake Forest offense, I think we all think it's pretty good. We also have a really good kicker who is a career almost ninety percent field goal kicker. So if it comes down to that, he, he's got experience. He's a, he's in his fourth year. I I think there's just too much working against Florida State's favor. I said it before the Notre Dame game. I'm not going to pick Florida State to win until they show me otherwise. And I had a little bit of hope until Jacksonville State. Um, I think it's going to be highly competitive. I think it's going to be somewhat high scoring too. But I'm going to take Wake Forest 37, Florida State 31. Mm.
0: Man. Oh, this is tough. Man. This is tough.
3: Nate could be the only one. He could break the trend of us all picking the same teams.
0: Uh. So – you know, I'm, I think that, you know, like I said, this is this is a solid game. You know, Florida State's a five-and-a-half point under the guys of the opening betting line. I'm not sure what it is now. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that have gone a one, complete 180. National media, you know, Forest State's back. They're going to be competitive. Then they go and land egg last week. And, and so I, I'm actually going to buck the trend. I think Florida State mm. pulls it out. Um, I, I think that Wake Forest, you know, ha, has a good quarterback. Um, they have they're decent at running backs. They're, they have one playmaker at, at wide receiver. Um, their defense is okay. I mean, they're allowing four yards to play, but you look at who they played. I I, I don't know, man. I, I, I I'm gonna go with my gut. My gut tells me that Florida State pulls it out um and I think it's gonna be a twenty seven twenty three type game you know I think it's gonna be contested throughout I, I i think that um this is a game where Milton's experience pays off for fSU and I think that they they make it happen and they they go to one and two in the season um i think they you know they get it done i just my my gut just tells me um yeah, they will make it happen. Um, you know, my, my gut told me that they had a chance to beat Notre Dame. That happened. My gut told me they blow out Jacksonville State, and that didn't happen. So, <laughs> I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Um, no,
3: you yeah, you weren't the
0: only yeah, one. You know, so I, I'm, I'm gonna go 27, 23 FSU with the W.
2: And tonight's point, like, it's not like it's impossible for a team to start out. Two games poorly, and then you know, pick it up throughout the season.
0: Yeah, Virginia so we, Tech lost a couple years ago, they went and they went out.
2: I'm gonna go further back because I saw it in the comments earlier. 2007 Michigan
0: mm-hmm. started
2: at 0 and 2, including a loss to App State at the very end, and then ripped off eight straight wins uh, after App State and a loss to Oregon, and they won eight straight. Mm-hmm. So it, it's not unprecedented, <laughs> things can happen. So, I mean, if you want to have optimism, there's your optimism
3: optimism baby i want optimism i would love for florida state to bounce back all of us here would it would be really fun to have an instant reaction and you know say hey boom there you go first win and it's on the road that's impressive i like that that's a good and, answer and, and. that's a good that's a good answer
0: let, let me throw in there i think Cor- i think corbin goes for over 200 whoa
3: whoa shoot they're gonna be rotating four or five running backs nate dillingham likes that
0: yeah no, no, it's not going to happen because if it ha- does happen, I'm going to drive it to Winston-Salem and meet my son. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you're going to be doing. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, I'm going to make the, the 10-hour drive to Winston-Salem.
3: Go hang out with Austin Young and do yep. recruiting coverage up there for a week. He can Good, do recruiting coverage up here. I could mean. talk to a
0: bunch of two-stars. No. <laughs>
3: Damn, that's tough. Uh, but, yeah, definitely – we will be covering that. Looking forward to that. Uh, I think we've got so many articles going out for coverage there. So keep, keep an eye on that. All you got to do is Google FSUSI. Uh, appreciate everybody for y'all's support and cra- congratulations over the last couple of days. This has been really fun. We're excited to be working under the network of the Sports Illustrated, the meetings that we've been having. There's a lot of bright. There's a, The future is really bright, too. They're doing some really cool things. So uh, we're excited about teaming up with them. We appreciate y'all's support. Nothing changes. It just amps up now. Uh, and so we're excited. As always, you can listen to this show on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. Uh, if you're on YouTube, definitely hit that like button if you want to. If you've you're, if you've lasted this long, definitely hit the like button. It's free. doesn't take more than a second. Hit that like button to subscribe. We release episodes all throughout the week, and we go live on Wednesday nights at 8.30, and then we do instant reactions after the game. Definitely appreciate everyone listening. Enjoy the game this weekend. Go Steelers. Feeling good. We're back, baby. Steelers-Saints Super Bowl, baby. Upcoming. Can't wait. Y'all have a great weekend. Bye.
0: i claro.